0: So we're going to continue today talking about <clears throat> um, believing you receive when you pray. What's that about? How does that? It's kind of a mouthful when you think about it. So we'll go before the throne. Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne of grace because we will receive mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. There's never a time that we don't need you, Lord, because, because you are our life you're our light, you're our Lord, you're our Savior, Creator, Master, Friend, you're everything to us, Lord. And so we want to uh, strengthen that relationship, we want to depend on that relationship and everything. So we thank you, Lord, that we're, there are many things to be revealed to us from you today. In Jesus' name, amen, and praise God. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. The Lord does have a word for us. He's saying that there is a great unveiling being done. He said, There is a great unveiling being done in the world. There is a great unveiling being done before your eyes. And He says, Always look with the eyes of the Spirit. The great challenge of my church has always been. To stay in the Spirit with the Spirit and manifest the Spirit in all things, says the Lord. The Lord says, "I am unveiling, unveiling uh, good as well as evil. I am unveiling a vision and things to come and knowledge and wisdom and understanding," says the Lord. And the Lord is saying, "You will see." that which my faithful prophets have told you come to pass before your very eyes now this is something the lord says that we should shout about rejoice about run around the room about he said because many generations have longed to see prophecy declared and come to pass in that same season he said and this is this is because i am accelerating things i know you have heard this said before I am always accelerating things, but I have my foot on the gas full time right now, says the Lord. He said, if you take your eyes off of the things of the spirit, you're going to miss some things. He said, but I know how to retrieve them from those for those of you, he says, that need spiritual glasses all the time. (laughs) He says, I know how to retrieve them. And adjust your lenses so that you can really see what's going on, says the Lord. He said, because I have my faithful servants to be able to get, declare these things and to preach them out and to teach them to you so that you won't miss what I'm doing in the earth, says the Spirit of the living God. For I am unveiling evil so that you can know not to touch into it. I'm unveiling goodness so that you can know to embrace it. And I am unveiling my plan for the universe, which has not changed, says the Spirit of the Lord. The earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the seas. There will be rivers to swim in of my power and my glory, says the Spirit of the living God. But I must have a people who are dedicated to looking with my vision, says the Lord. I've got to have a people who are trained as true watchmen. To keep their eyes on what I have my eyes on. To have the heart tuned into my heart, says the Lord. And to have the things stored in their heart that will defeat the enemy. Because I will bring him right before your face in close range. And give you the weapons to target him and defeat him, says the Spirit of the Living God. He says, and you are seeing right now that I prepare ahead of time. For everything evil that's released in the earth, says the Lord. He says the treatment for this this virus has been in the earth for more than 70 years. He said, I prepare ahead of time a means to survive, even for those who do not believe my word, because I am a God of great mercy. So look for me to have things prepared ahead of time, says the Lord. That's going to be my calling card in the future, because I am preparing things. There are things that will explode on this earth, but my people will remain steadfast and immovable, because you will know, because I've spoken it this day, that I have prepared a remedy, an escape, and a cure ahead of time, says the Spirit of God, and you will rest in that and be comfortable in that, and you will bring many people under that umbrella of comfort and safety. Because you know that you know that you know, oh, he did this already and he's going to do it again. Because this is my Lord's calling card. He has prepared an escape and a remedy far in advance for the people of the earth, says the spirit of the living God. And the Lord says, I'm going to take some people down in this. There are some deceivers and there are some liars. And I will remove them from their positions of power because of mistakes that they have made and not seeking truth and staying with truth and fighting those who have spoken truth it is judgment but it's not on my church says the spirit of the living god amen amen and amen and amen praise god thank you jesus thank you lord thank you lord thank you jesus glory to god praise you lord hallelujah Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. So we'll start with our message. Well, we'll continue where we left off yesterday. Turn to Mark chapter 11. And we were in either verse 23. I know we, we had gotten past 22. So uh, probably in verse 23. Thank you, Lord. Praise God thank you jesus april i hate to bug you but i'm gonna have to, would you? i have an open water on my desk in there if you don't mind grabbing that for i hate keeping the opening them you know wasting i'm a i'm a child of the not the depression don't go there with me y'all ain't nobody that oh my goodness give me a break but i was raised by depression parents (laughs) of course my parents lived on a farm they said we didn't even know it was a depression going on we always had we had a hog to kill we had you know some vegetables we canned (laughs) amen there's the ways to escape thank you yeah thanks so much april i appreciate it okay yeah (laughs) so anyway yeah mark 11 in verse 23 and we, uh, 22, we talked about what it means to have faith in God. We expounded on the word confession and what it means, and so I thought I would pick up there um, <clears throat> because this scripture has a lot to say about how we receive from God, and it says, "Have faith in God." have the faith of God or the God kind of faith. That's that's the kind we have. See, the faith that we have is the God kind of faith, but it can be used um, in a prosperous way and can be used in a way that's not, not prosperous because you can put your faith in the kingdom of darkness, which is the natural realm, so you can believe in what you see and what you hear and what people tell you. And never really understand that there's another kingdom you can put your faith in until you get born again and come into that kingdom. And then the challenge comes to keep your faith over in God's kingdom and out of the kingdom of darkness. And that's a warfare. The enemy will challenge you whenever the word of God comes in. It seems impossible that it would happen. I don't care what it is that you're believing. If it doesn't seem impossible, you know, go back and look at how you're believing. Are you believing it the, really the way it's written? Because most of what God tells us in his word when it comes against the circumstances that you're trying to remedy, it seems like a mustard seed is being leveled against a mountain. That's always the vision that we have. Because in order for us to know that there's something that's not right, it always, it's already expanded in our mind to the, to the point that it's a problem. Amen. And so, you know, I, I think I've mentioned about that, that song, High Hopes, about the little old ant trying to remove a rubber tree plant. Amen. Well, we have high faith. We're not living in high hopes. Find that little song for me. Can you find that little song for me? And then I can. (laughs) But it's a true story because you either have high hopes or you have high faith. If you have high faith, you can remove a mountain just by speaking to it. Amen? But if you have high hopes, it's because you've tapped into the natural realm and you're trying to fight darkness with darkness. And unless you get into witchcraft, you'll never win that one. Even when you get there, you're gonna come into something you can't handle. You understand me? So, all right, you got it yet? Rata, ta, 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 ta. The ant song. Yeah. Next time you're found with your chin on the ground, there's a lot to be learned. So look around. Just what makes that little old ant? Think he'll move a big rubber plant Anyone knows an ant can't move a rubber tree plant But he's got high hopes He's got high hopes He's got high in the sky apple pie hopes So any time you're feeling low Instead of letting go Just remember the ant Oops, there goes another rubber tree plant. Oops, there goes another rubber tree plant. Oops, there goes another rubber tree plant. And, of course, Mr. Francis Albert Sinatra, my fave, thank you very much. Amen. But, But that's true. And we live our lives before Christ like the end trying to move things out of the way so that we can be happy so that we can have what we want out of life what we've been told is a good thing to want in life and all you have is hope because you don't have you you don't have access to the god kind of faith so what that those experiences do they program us for what failure because after a while if something isn't added to your hope you will give that up so that's when people start settling for less start diminishing what they expect start giving up period and just go and do something that's and we become afraid of stepping out into the unknown and looking for a change and so that all of that has to be dealt with once you come into the kingdom and start using the dot kind of faith because that's all the stuff that's Built up in your soul from years and years and years of discouragement, disappointment, failure, almost failure. And so when you come into God's kingdom and you see all these wonderful things that God says about you and says about himself and what he's going to do for you and all of that, you're just like, oh, boy, it sounds too good to be true. Amen. So we carry that mentality into the kingdom with us. That's why the Bible instructs us to be transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind. Now, the born-again experience gives you the equipment that you need, but your task then is to let it become reality to you by renewing your mind to a new way of thinking about yourself, about God, about other people, about the world around you. You look and you see, go into all the world and preach the gospel. You read that 30 years and skip over it and not understand that that's talking to you. Yeah, yeah. Amen? Amen? We know, well, that's for the missionary or that's for the, you know, we reason it away instead of really stopping there and meditating. Why? Because we used to have high hopes for good things, but failure. And a history of failure taught us not to expect anything good. So that's why we have to admonish ourselves all the time to keep expecting good. How do you do that? You stay in the Word, you stay in the source of good things. You renew your mind to the point where you're transformed and you're so different, people that used to know you are now scared of you. That's a good place to live, folks. Now, don't be scared of people being scared of you, huh, because it goes with the territory. Now, they may not say it, they may not act like it all the time, because your life flows in such a peace most of the time, you're not aware of it, but every now and then, God will give you a little inkling of what people really think about you, huh? because of him see if it's because of what god has placed in you it will turn to a blessing in your life but it's because if it is because of things that you're doing that are not christian and not right then that's a different story amen but when god begins to transform people he does it in such a way that he Not only has to put his power in you, but he has to put a mark on you in the spirit that protects that power. I'll say it again. He not only puts his power in you, but he must mark you in the spirit in a way that protects that power. Huh? And see, that's what we try to rub off sometimes. I don't know why they don't like me. They used to like me. <laughs> you can't rub that off. You got a big sign on your back that says, you better not kick me. Huh? So the fear from the kingdom of the fear has to reside upon you from the kingdom of darkness before you can get anything done. If you didn't have that, every time you step out to do something for God, the devil would bash you in your head and you go right back in the house. Go into, you know, <laughs> what they call it? Uh, protective custody. What's that? Some kind of undercover witness thing. Remember that stuff they do? here, yeah, right. Yeah, you have to go down. Witness protection. That's what you're trying to be under witness protection. But Thank God. For that marking in the spirit amen that marking keeps that preserves your life keeps you from bad influences keeps you from stepping over the line amen so learn how it keeps a, a short leash on you so you don't get away amen <laughs> you need it god knows what he's doing so then we also talked about the word confession and what that means and the word confess actually means to say the same thing as another or to say together with, agree with, with with what another one states. So you you recognize the first thing I that was brought to my attention was this confession is not something the facts in your confession do not originate with you. Now that's important. Because many times we go to God with a bunch of wants. And and then we think we're supposed to get them because we want them. But we're not really doing it according to the pattern that God gave us, because when the when the the Bible says that when you confess with your mouth what what you believe in your heart, you will receive it. Or pray, believe you receive it when you pray, you can have it. Have faith in God. It says nothing about have faith in what you want. So if you go to God with all your wants and they originate in your heart then that's not you're not obeying the pattern here because of pattern must be a confession See so you have to say together with him what he already says You can't go shopping in your mind for stuff you want and then see if God will co-sign it. See? It must originate with the one who has the power to grant it. See, if, if you had all kinds of power, why are you get, getting God involved in your business? If you just want what you want, go out and get it. But we're talking here about the God kind of faith and how it works. And it works through the power of the confession. And a confession is not just saying words that you want to see happen. A confession means that you say together with someone else what they say. Why would you say together with somebody else what they say? Why not just say what you want all the time? Because you have no power to bring it to pass so you're saying together with someone who already has the power to bring it to pass who already has stated what your covenant entitles you to and who already has has granted that to you by the fact that they have signed that covenant with an oath and a promise so it's granted to you all you have to do is confess it and obey the rules of receiving that god has already laid out for us very simple so so we talked yesterday about people who might get arrested or called down you know officers will say oh you're not under arrest we just want to come down and talk to us and we talked about the fact that the officer must if they once they begin to question you they must offer you legal counsel tell you you have a right to have a lawyer there most lawyers if they're worth anything tell you to shut up because you might speak something that eventually turns into a confession now that's in the natural realm how does it turn into a confession well, they'll say, were you at so-and-so address tonight? We saw you've been texting. Huh? We saw, see some text messages on their phone to you in about so-and-so time. Well, what's this about? Well, we just want to find out if that's yes or no. And see, if they can place you at the location where the crime happened at that time, you wind up being a pretty good suspect see what i'm saying and so you have to be careful what you say in those circumstances because you don't know what charges are you don't know what they have on the table but you don't need to know that because if you confess something that fits in with what they know has happened already you get stuck with it amen And so that's the power of a confession, even in a natural realm, because eventually you will say together with them that you were there at a certain time. And if you were there and they find your fingerprints, then they can connect you to the crime based on you not even knowing what you're confessing to because you're just talking. But see, in God's kingdom. God makes us aware of what belongs to us. And he tells us, I want you to say together with me that healing belongs to you. Oh, okay, God, I am healed. Healing belongs to me. So you're making a good confession of a good thing, and then God will allow you to possess it based on what you say. See, you possess by what comes out of your mouth. Just like when you sit up in the police office running your mouth without a lawyer, you possess that crime and being, being present at the crime scene by what comes out of your mouth. God's the person that won't deceive you and tell you just confess it, and I'll let you know what it is after it comes to you. Amen? He's not a man that he should lie. He's not a deceiver. He lays it all out for us in his word. And he says, that's all of that's yours. Just say yes and amen. But you must believe that it's been given to you already. That's a condition. Whereas in the natural, you spend most of your time trying to explain to people why that you couldn't be the guilty party. So when you confess God's word, that you believe in your heart, how do you believe it in your heart? Well, you hide it in there. You find something that you keep going back to in the word. Somehow I just can't get off of this scripture right here. I just believe God's going to do this. I believe God's going to do this for me. I believe I can have this. Well, I think I'll pray. And you pray and say, God, I believe this is for me and I receive it. And from that day forward it's yours. See, that's what Mark eleven twenty said. You must believe you receive it when you pray. Well, I don't see it yet. No, you're you're receiving it by faith. Before you can see anything in the natural, you got to get a faith receipt for it. I'm gonna say that again. You know, see, these are spiritual transactions. This ain't just gimme stuff. If you want gimme stuff, don't involve God in that. He says, "In your life, worth more in it about more than what you wear, what you eat, what you drink." You know, sometimes you you struggle, and you two meals a day is a struggle. Then you finally work up to three. Well, if you get any more than that, you're fat. You understand what you're going to get overweight? Amen? So Jesus said, your wife is worth more than what you eat and what you drink. You prove that all the time. I said, Dad, God, I used to struggle for enough food to eat at two meals, and I got three, and now I'm working on number four. I'm getting fat around here. Well, move on to what your life is really about now. See, he'll prove it to you. You know, you get, well, you know, <laughs> I'm in excess now. You know, wealthy people have get better sense than that. They know, they, they've moved on from just material things in many ways, amen. You know, what they say, you can never be too rich or too thin. Huh? So you can have a lot of money but have discipline with it in your, you understand what I'm saying? There's some secrets to life that aren't quite so much secrets anymore people who walk in that realm where they have excess of things can tell you there's much more to life than that amen when you get too much of something then you work on cutting back (laughs) you know what i'm saying and so with the confession it's very important we understand this concept confession we said to say the same thing as another To agree with what they say. It is an offer. Of a deed. And it must be proposed already. So we're actually affirming something. That another person offers to us. That they say belongs to us. And so when you confess. The word of God. Father, I believe I received my healing when I prayed. I believe I received my job promotion when I prayed. I believe I received my husband when I prayed. I believe I received my children and my family when I prayed. So then your confession becomes an affirmation of what you believe you have already. You can't believe it's coming. You must believe you have it already. And that becomes your faith receipt. If I if I tell Miss Rasia, I said, Girl, I got something for you at my house, I keep forgetting to bring it to you. And I said, remind me to bring it. Well, see, you got a faith receipt, but you got a condition of. So, see, the responsibility is now I'm doing the best I can. Listen, y'all know who I, how old I am? I'm doing the best I can remember to get myself dressed before I get here. So I need a little help from her. So she has to use her faith receipt and remind me now she can she can obey that, or she can not obey it, depending upon whether she received that receipt or not. See if you receive that faith receipt, you'll realize well if i want this i need to remind her because there's some responsibility here for me got me or you can say what kind of person is that going say?" i gotta call her up and tell her to bring me something and she want me to have it that's what we do to god huh so in order, so a confession humbles you to stay in the place of the faith receipt as a condition for you receiving it because you got to cash that receipt in. And when you confess the word and continue to confess it, Even when you in opposition to it, the enemy might mess your mind up one day and tell you not getting, look how long it takes. If they really, God really wanted you to have, it, something wrong with your faith. You don't say it right. You don't do this right. You don't believe right. All that kind of stuff. Why? He wants you to put the receipt away. He wants you to forget that you have a real receipt for what it is you're expecting from God because you know receipts don't look like much i mean even in the natural there's a little piece of tape off an ad machine or something like that or yeah, i was looking on my desk i saw a home depot you know like those uh, due cards like when they owe you a balance or something something they couldn't give you money for because they run out of money for the month well don't laugh that's what they do they just ain't got enough around to give you your money back, so they put some stuff on store credit. And I was looking at it, and, and it was marked up on the back, and it was down to $11. Well, see, they hoping I forget that $11 is there. You understand what I'm saying? And I'm about to forget it, but I said to myself, next time I'm in Home Depot and putting this in my purse, I'm taking it with me because I'm getting my $11. Amen? Whether it's on here or not. And see, that that just shows you how how. Careless we can be about receipts. See, we can be careless about our faith receipt too, because it don't—you can't feel it, you can't touch it, you can't see it. It's barely visible, and you almost might want to believe you didn't believe God when you prayed that time, you. Yeah. Which is a whole nother category of stupid. You know, once you come out of it, you look back and say, "Oh my goodness, what was wrong with me?" You know we believe everything else believe god's a good god believe he means what he says oops when it comes to me something's wrong with me i don't know what's wrong with me but i just can't seem to do this Huh? it's true many people walk away from things they're believing god for let the devil talk them out of it hey listen god promised you these things before the foundation of the earth well, God just can't bring me a good husband because look at all my, what I've done. And <laughs> he promised that to you before you've done all. <laughs> Say amen, somebody. Hey. Well, <laughs> see, we scared everything. Because we don't think God's smart enough to give it to us and teach us how to take care of it before we get it. Look, I don't understand why. I got to, I always got (laughs) to, whatever we have a distaste for. Well, what do you have a faith receipt for? That determines what he brings into your your life to prepare you for what you're believing him for. What you've received already. If you're asking God to send you a husband, he's not going to send you one that ain't saved. He automatically understands that means somebody that saved a godly man. Now, he ain't going to be triple godly because he got to live with you. The bird. Huh? So you have a faith receipt in your pocket for a husband. but you're looking in the natural. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. See, he ain't in the natural. Because if you see him, he probably belongs to somebody else. So the challenge is, can you stay focused on your faith receipt and not get distracted by him? Ooh, girl, he had no heat workout. He, you don't, so he all have nothing in common. You leave him alone day one. Huh? Oh, Poppy, <laughs> back there. He a doctor. And you don't have a GED? Seriously? That would be Dr. Jekyll. And Mr. Hyde. See, your daily confession and thanking God for it keeps your eyes focused on your faith receipt. And not looking at what's around in the natural, thinking that that might be the one. Because, see, you keep looking around, the one going to be different every time you look up. Oh, that's him. No, that's him. I'm trading in yesterday's, and I'm going to pick up this new one because he, huh? Yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And see, this is how Christian women spend 20 years wasting time because they got a faith receipt in their pocket for something, and they don't ever confess over it, don't ever ask God. See, your confession starts moving your life in the direction of preparing you to receive what God has for you in the natural. See, you've received it by faith. But when you confess every day over that thing, thank you, God, that I have my husband. I thank you that he is a godly man. He is a good man. Make him filthy rich. I mean, dirty, nasty, filthy. We start with dirty, then we go to nasty, and we go to filthy. Because I don't want no trouble. Because I know when brothers be broke, it's trouble. I want none. (laughs) Amen. Don't call the dog if you want the cat. So your thank you, darling. So this your faith receipt makes it more real to you because you're you're filthy rich baby okay we got from dirty stinky to filthy don't stop at stinky now because you might get that but we want filthy rich like when you go through your pockets, you say a five dollar bill i oh, get that out of here how'd that get in here that kind of rich. yeah amen where five don't excite you no more that's what you want amen amen my Am right poppy say yes, <laughs> that's less the daddy got to do right you you don't have to bail your daughter out no more huh yeah you can sleep if you're a father the bride you can sleep at night behind that you say well at least i don't have that to pray about huh that's right you lighten your prayer load, huh? Your confession is not self-initiated. You can't confess something that you conjure up yourself. When you con- to confess something means that you are in harmony with. The person that's granting it to you. So if you're going to be in harmony with God, you know what harmony means? Huh? You know, I can't sing a lick by myself, but sometimes Pastor Shirley and I get together and we harmonize. And I sound very good. But see, I'm riding on her. Get it, girl. And then I jump in and. We sounds purdy, huh? But that's what we do when we confess God's word. We must come into harmony with him, which means, number one, again, you must trust him. Have faith in God. See, what Jesus was saying there, he says, I throw all my confidence on the Father. And then I don't have to worry about what y'all think, what the Pharisees think, what the devil is doing. I just put everything over into the father's care. So when you have faith in God, you begin to say together with him in concert and in harmony. Which means that these thoughts that come to you, well, I trust God, but. But what if he's and what if he's and what if he's here baby I get, we got some tissues here you can give him a tissue too yeah that's good keep them beside you okay honey and then you can have all you want you just keep them give them me when you're done and so w- when you come into harmony with god you don't you get rid of the what if well suppose god send me somebody who is this and that and that and that and that huh Well, suppose that person is that way. Somebody got it. Huh? Is God not with God now because he's trying to get you out of your carnal-mindedness and get you over in the realm of the spirit so you can think like he does? A lot of stuff don't look like it's going to work for you when it first comes into your possession. You ever bought a vacuum cleaner? Well, they're doing better now, but they used to send it to you in parts. That didn't look like a vacuum cleaner, but you took it anyway. Why? You, you had confidence in the people that sold it to you that it was a vacuum cleaner. And if you took that little instruction manual and three days later, you barely got it to work, but you was pretty satisfied. Why? Because they sold it to you. They ought to be experts at it. You don't know nothing about vacuum cleaners. Amen? Why come we can't be that way with God? If you're ever not certain about something or someone that God puts in your life, you can always ask God to confirm that that person is the right person for you. huh you know you be at a meeting and somebody calls you out true prophet and you think to yourself oh man this is about that and sure enough they say this very thing that you were doubting was god when it came into your life now you can either hold on to your doubt in your head or you could say god just help me to receive it help me to have peace about this this seems like it is you so help me and eventually you get peace you may not have it right away but eventually you get peace and then you have to confess god this is you when that next confession comes out and says god this is you and please forgive me for doubting. Forgive me for not trusting you. Forgive me for yada 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 yada. Huh? Listen, everybody needs help with something. Huh? So you know you you know you're doing good if the only thing your spouse lacks is that they need you to pray about things here and there. You're doing real good. I mean, seriously, as long as, you you know what I'm saying. You know, fairly well behaved, he ain't dragging his knuckles across the floor. every. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> Darling, come down for dinner. <laughs> up there with his <laughs> bunch of bananas on the chandelier. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if you can put a suit on the boy and he can sit up there at the table, you, boom. We got to keep her see we major in the minors sometimes you understand people see the two of you together somebody said "Ooh, he really loves her i can tell he really loves her okay well that ain't your i don't know what Alicia, is there something else that we could discuss? I mean, I I don't know. Want to talk about nails? Want to talk about, yes, hair, whatever. Hmm. So love don't float your boat, huh? That's everything. But you rolling your eyes in the back, and you know you didn't, your eyes rolled back so far. I just said My little whites up there. I said A little orphan Annie sitting up here. <laughs> no I'm messing with Sister Johnson. Yeah, right, 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 right. So, so there are things that God knows you need from that person that He brings into your life, huh? For for. You know, some women, it's just a man who will put you under some discipline so you can start respecting yourself. That's what mine did. That's what most husbands did. Huh? You know, some women it worked for. You know, if you had one of them that went like in your face and you a man and she a woman, it's like keep going, okay? Not a good prospect. Huh? Cause you're gonna have to flatten her just to get her attention. Oh Pastor Barb, that's domestic violence. Yeah, you the violent one. Let me see if I can get a drink of water. Maybe maybe I need to baptize myself. <laughs> huh yeah you know men can sense when it's going to be that long before women do huh because women think because a man loves them you can walk all over them sometimes we don't know the difference am i right poppy now you can i'm gonna close nola's ears up so but she didn't heard everything but but see a man knows when he gonna have to take you to the mat and see, he don't want nine one one. He's a respectable man. He's trying to move up in the company. He don't want nine one one coming to his house every night. So if he knows what it's that's going to be about, it's going to be like that. He keep moving. He gonna have to slap some of the boy out of you before he can. Just saying. See, they don't want that. They just rather just move on. You know what I'm saying? Just. This ain't the one. You call them up a year later and you still ain't the one and they can tell. See what I'm saying? He said, well, this one I passed permanently on. This ain't the one, period. Who was that that, uh, football player? They had video of him and his girlfriend. He cold-cocked her in the elevator and she fell out flat. And then the media tried to get involved and talk about domestic violence. She got on the TV, she said, Y'all stay out of our business. See, this is our family business. And they left that sister alone. You understand what I'm saying? See, this is how we do business at my house. God has better things for you. Amen. But when you get your faith receipt from Him and you begin to confess that you believe you received it already, there's something inside of you will start to get stirred up. And that's what you want. You want things to get stirred up. You want old fears. Amen? Old failed relationships. So the mire starts getting stirred up. You start getting agitated, nervous, worrying if, if God's going to send you the right person or not. So your own confession will begin to work a cleansing in you. Because if you don't confess it, y'all, you have as a receipt and you haven't moved any closer to what it is that God wants for you. Can y'all understand that? Do you realize that every time you confess the word, you hear yourself promise yourself something that God is going to do for you? And depending on what kind of mood that confession finds you in, like if it's on one of them days when you've been thinking about old boyfriends and going through your phone and thinking you want to call somebody, you put the receipt away. Oh, grow up. Grow up. I don't know what's wrong. Always a bridesmaid, never a bride. And you got a faith receipt in your hand. You need to confess your faith. Take that receipt out and confess, I believe I received on such and such a date that I received my husband. Amen? Amen. And my natural eyes look no more. Huh? I know I got weak in the knees when I said it myself. (laughs) You mean I can't know? You're married already. You got a receipt that says you're married. Start acting like a married woman. Oh, what's that about? You're about to find out. You know, the Bible says marriage is honorable. People aren't, but marriage is. And so when you come into a marriage, you begin to take on the honor that belongs to married people. That's why married people make you sick when they first marry. They like look at each other all the time. Oh, here we go. The crazies. It's supposed to be like that. You're supposed to leave and cleave. That's that's a sign of cleaving. Huh? You'll notice people around you who who have some sense will start to treat you differently. Well, you know, I know we can't hang like we used to hang. You know, you got your your marriage now and your family. You know, or or. The nice ones won't say anything. They just leave you alone. The ones that say something want to try to pick you a little bit and see if they can get you to mess up already. But, see, that's a sign of honor. People honor your wedding vows sometimes before you get even used to who you are. Amen? I remember I worked at a hospital, and I had gotten married, and the... the uh Uh, secretary that did the paging you know they would have to page you sometimes if they needed your services somewhere if they called your your office you weren't a lot of times you weren't there so they paged you anyway and so the secretary i didn't talk to her about it but somebody had had probably she they get it in personnel they find out what your new name is and she said paging mrs williams and i'm walking around there giving my treatments like You understand what I'm saying? And then, then my coworker said, girl, I've been paging you. She said, I had to answer that one for you. What happened? I said, what? The-? She said, Mrs. Williams. I said, oh, yeah, that's me. That would be me. Huh? But see, other people, my point is other people honor marriage sometimes before we get the message. See, it might take us a while to feel like Mrs. Anybody. You understand what I'm saying? But see just that that marriage brought an honor and a respect for who I was now. Amen? <clears throat> how people address you is a sign of honor. It's a sign of how they feel about you. Amen. So uh, your confession must be in harmony with God, with His heart, His intent. So you can't get a faith receipt for something from God, and then begin to suspect that He's not going to send you the right thing. See what what you're confessing, and the 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 way you get rid of that mentality is you have to confess that promise to yourself more and more and more. Because then part of your confession is convincing you that it's real, and convincing you that God will do it for you. And convincing you that God really has something good for you in mind, and he's making it, sending it, preparing it, preparing you. There's a lot of prepares involved there. Faith works by love. Lack of love inhibits faith from acting. So your motive must always be love in everything you receive from God. You've got to know he loves you and you must love him back and understand that God I trust that you're sending me what you're you intended for me and help me to trust you more in this because I'm getting fearful and I'm getting doubtful here. And see, your confession becomes more for you than it becomes for God to impress God that you really believe him. You received already. You got a faith receipt in your hand. You told God you believe you received it already. So it's not about going back and praying again and I'm going to believe it this time. What you do from here on in is you confess what you already believe. Amen. You don't go back and get saved over and over again, do you? That one time confession pretty much holds everybody. Amen. So when you confess Christ, the Holy Spirit came in to live with you. And to provide for you everything that God wants you to have. So the Holy Spirit will prompt you sometimes to confess that you believe you receive. Father, I have this faith receipt. And I believe I received my husband when I prayed. I believed I received my my healing when I prayed. Now sometimes that confession might hit your ears and you decide, I don't want nothing. Huh? On them days you mad at everybody, or you've been sitting back, you know, thinking about past relationships, or the baby daddy call you and get you in a bad mood. No, you don't want to be married to nobody at that point. That's the time to confess even more. No, I want I want what my receipt says I have. I believe I received my husband when I prayed, and I'm standing on that, God, and I'm believing you that it's going to work out okay. Then you start realizing the problem in your believing is not on who you're going to get, but it's on you and who you are. And can you let God change who you are so that you can be more receptive to his goodness and to his promises? The Bible says he who finds a way finds a good thing. So you got to wait to be found. Now see, for some of y'all, y'all might have to lock your front door and put triple locks on there and call somebody to put a lock on the outside so you don't get out and go looking for nothing. I got this receipt here. Huh? Is that a real faith receipt or is that just some paper? See, there's got to be something real attached to it. When it's God's word, there's always something real attached to your faith receipt. That thing has substance. You go pick it up and there's weight there. Huh? Oh, yeah. It begins to form and take shape on the inside of you. You begin to look forward to it. You begin to trust in it, that it's going to be right, that when it comes through, it's going to be the right person at the right time for the right thing. The Bible says also, not 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 in that scripture, but in in the chapter on love, it says, "When I was a child, I thought like a child. I spoke like a child. I see. This is and when I became a man or became grown, I put away childish things. See, all of that fear inside—that's the childish things. God's trying to help you put them away. He can't be this. He can't be that. He ain't gonna be nothing by the time he's gonna be a skeleton by the time you get finished picking the meat off of him and." You're going to be prophesying the dry bones. You keep picking it apart. So it's like when I became mature in God, I put away childish things. So there will come a day when all your fears don't interfere with your confession anymore. When you say, God, I thank you for my husband. I know I received it. I believe I received him when I prayed. And then you, you start Looking forward to it. All the childish fears, the childish stuff gone. Amen? Now, I was kind of messing with y'all about the filthy, nasty, dirty. (laughs) Dirty, nasty, filthy, Rich, You understand what I'm saying? But I'm telling you that's got to be a non-issue at some point. And there must be confidence that God will send somebody to you who will take care of you. And you're willing to take care of him. See the childish thing. I don't want nobody. I, you know I I don't be taking care of nobody. Well, what do you? What does that mean? Care. What do you? What's your in your idea care? Huh? See, we don't even know what we're refusing. It's just a word that scares us it's a childish thing kids keep asking mommy look in that closet i know the boogeyman is in there i can't sleep in this room i want to get in there with you and daddy you understand a childish thing it's something in your boogeyman closet that keeps popping up in your mind to rob you of ever cashing in your faith receipt So you got to confess on top of your own fear and your own doubt and your own I don't want it. Now I want this and I don't want that and he can't be acting like this. You've got to keep confessing and wipe that out of your thinking totally or it will shut the door to the person that God has for you. And then you still a bridesmaid to somebody in another one of your friends. I don't know why she got a husband. She ain't. She just cashed in your receipt. Do You think God's going to leave a good man out there by himself forever? Am I right, Poppy? He'll find a good woman to pair him up with. He was trying to find you, but you were so steeped in a bad confession and your childish things and your fears suppose he want too much you ain't gonna never get one of them because he's gonna get him somebody else now you scared of a man wanting too much you don't want to be married really you just you want something else angles should i say what it is poppy i'll just be nice today i scared a person on the front row yesterday when i said huh you know what i'm saying <laughs> i mean i be trying y'all y'all won't let me be nice in front of new people huh so this distrust of what you're believing for Will keep you from ever cashing in your faith receipt. Now, see, some of you know you've done that, and now the next thing the devil is telling you is too late to start over again. That's right, hold your breath. I'm going to make you hold it all day long, I ain't telling you nothing. But faith receipts never expire. Then act like it. Then everybody act like it. If you really believe it, then you act like it. some woman i knew many years ago she's telling me she she'd been married you know divorced and all that i don't think i was ever called to be married um i said what are you called to be well you know the bible says some people are eunuchs i said baby that ain't you i have it on good bible authority that ain't you eunuchs don't have any desire to have sex god tells you sometimes for a small child you understand what i'm saying but then he gives you work to do to compensate for so you ain't over messing in other people's business being a busybody all the time you're off doing anything and everything for god living in huts eating food that's still alive you understand what i'm saying and very few people are called that be that way, the Bible says. Now you failed at a marriage. Now own it. Ask God to heal you from it. And then live. But don't go around making up stories on God. Making him look bad. Because that makes him look like he don't know what he's doing in your life. How you get way over married and divorced and you're a eunuch? When you pray, come prepared to obey God's instructions. You must pray in faith. That means meditate on the word and hide it in your heart. And you can faithfully Believe God. If they're still wavering in your heart, then go back to the Word and meditate some more. And ask God to give you a a confirmation and a witness in your heart. See, witnesses make the best confession. If you don't get a witness in your heart that something is for you, then your confession is pretty much false. Now, listen, any good police interrogator will tell you that. They say, well, you, did you see all this? No, I wasn't there. He said, well, tear up the paper. Hearsay. See, you don't get a good confession with God on hearsay. Now, you can get inspired by somebody's testimony, but you've got to go to the Word for yourself and make sure that thing is real if you're going to hold on to it with a faith receipt So that God can bring it into your life and manifest it totally for you. Until then you've got a receipt that you halfway believe in. So you've got to get and I'm convinced that there are many people think they're believing God for something or waiting on God and all this and and they've never stopped by to get a witness inside that says this is for me. That witness in you stands straight up and say, Girl, this is yours. Receive it, amen. And if you're slow to receive, he'll help you to get firm in it. He won't just leave you stuck there halfway believing. He'll work as much as he needs to to get you confident so that you can receive what God has for you. So lack of love inhib- inhibits faith from from acting. Your motive in all things must be love. You have to love God and trust him in order to receive from him. You're not a thief. You're a child of God. So there has to be that love relationship. So so we're to meditate and hide the word in our hearts so that we can conf- when we confess, we confess as a witness to what God says. Amen. You get an inner witness in your spirit that this is something. You get a peace. You get a, whatever the Holy Spirit does to nudge you and show you this is yours. You get a peace and you get a settling in it. Amen? And so that inner witness is the one that testifies. He's the one that confesses. So you always have a true witness because he believes God. See, you've meditated on that long enough that you are settled on the inside that that thing belongs to you. And then you say, God, I'm, I'm thanking you for this. I believe I've received it now. You pray for it. You ask God's forgiveness if you have anything against anybody. That's step number one. Anytime you go before the throne, you sit up there, you've been confessing for years, and you never got your heart right before you got up there. And that's why it won't stick. That's why you're upset. You quit half the time, don't want to go through with it. Amen. What does your saying do? What is your confessing? In, in Mark eleven twenty three, 23, I verily say to you, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed. So that's the first say. He says to us, so you say, that's your first say, and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says, second say, shall come to pass he can have whatsoever he says. So there are three times in that he mentions us saying what we believe. And my feeling is that the first time you say it, your own atmosphere will fight you. The second time you say it, it moves back a little bit. And the third time you say it, it begins to settle in, just settles in on you. So the more you say it, the more convinced you you become. So your confession is not to impress God. He got him down here confessing. See, I'm confessing. I believe I received it. When I get my faith receipt in my hand, just like Pastor Barbara, See, I got my, got my receipt. He ain't looking too swift right now, but I still got my... You, you know what to say. Well, that's because you ain't looking too swift today. You ain't feeling too swift. You don't feel real spiritual. You're not real convinced. So the confession is to convince you that God is you written on something that this receipt is real. This is this is legal tender in the spirit. There's something behind this. I feel a weightiness on it now. You ever feel that? And when you're when you're believing God for something, you, you come out of the realm of believing and praying and that kind of stuff, and it settles on you in a heaviness and a weightiness in a reality that hadn't been there before. That's your confession is for you. And if you don't believe it, Jesus said three times you could have what you say. You keep saying. It says you said. He said, therefore, I say to you, what things soever you die, when you pray, believe that you receive them and and you will have them. And when you stand praying, don't get up in the Father's face with a lot of junk in your heart. Because He don't bless people. He don't bless junky people. He said, if you have anything against anybody, forgive. Well, I don't know. Well, tell God you're sorry anyway. Now, if you that crazy, you don't know what you got in your heart. Come on now. You know the last time you got around, sister, so-and-so, you was rolling your eyes. Come on now. <laughs> Come on, don't make me go to kindergarten. But see, it's the elementary, little foxes, spoiler vine. Things you've been skipping over for years, and you think, God, he's a God said, because I didn't say anything, you thought I was like you. Right. And then one day I showed up for real and you found out I wasn't like that at all. Yeah. Yeah. He ain't like that, y'all. Yeah. He don't wink at our sin. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not when you blood bought. Because there's no reason to. Yeah. 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 And, and so so your saying does this. So you got to do your three sayings at least. You can't just y'all, oh, I believe I receive. Your saying does some things for you. It allows you to hear yourself, promise yourself what God will do. And that's very important. Because we do need to hear it over and over and over again to be convinced. It convinces you of truth. What God has promised you is true. All that stuff that goes through your brain are lies. Everything, the high, high things that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God, them's lies. Confess and say together with God that he will do it. You believe he'll do it. Because Jesus says you can have whatsoever you say if you don't doubt in your heart. Well, I don't know if I doubted this. We did that already, okay? If you're that slow, just ask God to explain to you. Right. Miss Pat, do you love Pastor Shirley? Yeah. So that came from your heart baby doll. So in your heart you love her. See, we always express what's in our heart pretty much. Huh? What comes out of your mouth is what's in your heart pretty much. Unless you get frustrated by circumstances and you start speaking what's out of your head. Then you catch yourself and you say, oh, I didn't mean to say that. I, I don't want that. Amen? So you confess and say together with God that he will do it. I know you're going to do this, God. I believe you're going to do it. Your confession, your saying reminds you that you of what you want so you won't miss it. Because, see, God can be ready. This can happen at any time. God can be ready to move on it. you over in ding-dong school somewhere. Now, don't ask me to tell you what that is. you have to remind yourself what you're expecting from god because many times your mind's over in the natural so much and so consistently oh i forgot the confession you know what i'm talking about your confession also fights the lies of the devil that says god won't do it and then will give you good sometime bible reasons for why you don't you know for you highfalutin uh real spiritual people he'll go to the bible on you baby he'll take you to the bible met just like he did jesus show you some scriptures if you're the son of god throw yourself off this cliff huh? doubt comes mostly when we let evil forces work their way not just in our minds but in our hearts don't be shocked if when you, after you have your faith received, God begins to reveal things in your heart that you didn't know were there. Anybody been there? Things you're ashamed of. God, I thought I dealt with this already. Well, we're just peeling onions here. You can have a good cry about it, but this layer's got to come off now. Amen. See? This layer where you pull a knife on a brother—that's got to come off before you get a husband. That layer where you call all your sisters and get their do-rags out and they, everybody take they, they weave out and they wig off and, you know, take the bridge out, they you know, take false teeth out. Yeah, you know, that's got to die. See that layer's got to come off, okay? You know what I'm talking about? So your confession does all that. And see, what many people do is in the midst of that being shown to you, you go away thinking that that means you're not worthy and God's not going to do it for you. When have your shortcomings ever stopped God from doing anything good for you? The crazier you are, the more good you probably experience from God. Well, I didn't know God would stop me from really hitting my husband. You know what I'm saying? You're right, Poppy. Yep. So, you know, I mean, we have to understand that that no matter what you think, what's in your head, what mood you're in, keep your confession because that's what's keeping your promise alive. When you confess that, when you say it, what you're doing is looking at your receipt, and you're reading your receipt again back to yourself. You say, I, on, on, you know, March 10th, 1996, I believe I received this from God. Amen? And I'm confessing it. Don't ever put away your saying because in your saying is is your possession. Your possession gets closer to you as you say it because it becomes more real with the words of your mouth. Okay? We'll stop. Father in heaven, we thank you for what you're doing for us. Thank you for helping us to know your word, Lord. Thank you, Lord, your word is truth, your word is righteousness, it's holiness, it's everything that we need. And, Lord, we honor you, we bless you, we praise you, we magnify you. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for the goodness that you have brought in our lives and you're bringing more yet. Father, for those people who have gotten to a place in life where they are settling and not expecting anything more and anything good to come and what they feel they've been believing for you. I break that power, and I break it in Jesus' name. I break it in the I break you out of being stuck where you are. I break you out of lack of enthusiasm. I break you out of lack of expectation. I break you out of that place of not knowing, of not believing, of not expecting. I break it in the name of Jesus' Devil, you cannot have a grip on the minds of God's holy servants. I command freedom to come into their hearts and their minds in the name of Jesus. Every chain that has bound you must break right now in the name of Jesus. Devil, you knew that this day would come. You'd have to let everybody go in Jesus' name. And, Father, we are crossing over to a land of greater promise because God has it for us. The promises that we believed for many years ago, we expect them again in the name of Jesus. Blow blow your breath, your wind on the coals and the fire in our hearts and ignite us again in the name of Jesus. We come to life again. I speak life, Holy Ghost, life in the name of Jesus. I speak life in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Lord, that every promise that you've made is always kept. I thank you, Lord, that you're looking for people who can receive it. Your eyes run to and fro across the earth looking for somebody, not with great faith, but somebody that you can show yourself strong on our behalf. So I thank you, Lord, that you're showing yourself strong today in our behalf. In the name of Jesus We thank you, Lord, we bless you, and we praise you that life has come again in our hearts. Life for the promises that you've given us. Life has come again in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Lord. 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 Let go of doubt right now in the name of Jesus. Say doubt. Get off of me. I'm not holding on to you anymore. I now have faith. Total faith. Shame. Leave me alone. I am not ashamed of the good thing God is going to do for me. I receive it. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for what you're doing in our midst today. We thank you, Lord, for blowing your breath of life on the embers in our hearts, Lord, igniting us again to fervor and zeal, expectation of goodness. We thank you for it, Father. We bless you, and we praise your holy name. We praise your holy name, Jesus. We praise your holy name. Thank you, Lord, that we are healed. Yes. We received our healing when we prayed, Lord. We have a a spiritual receipt, a faith receipt for our healing. And we thank you, Lord, that it's manifested. We have a faith receipt for our resistance of disease, all disease, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, you've given us immunity from the virus. We don't have Rona, and Rona don't have us. Say, if we don't have Rona, and Rona don't have us, we can't have Rona, and Rona can't have us. Amen. If we decree it so, we believe it, it is done, it is so, in Jesus' name. It is so decreed in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord.